Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Back in late March, Houston Methodist was the first hospital system to require employees to get the COVID-19 vaccine. On today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, CEO Dr. Mark Boom explains how he decided to mandate the shot. It's Tuesday, June 1st, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Ever since the COVID-19 vaccines became available, hospitals and other employers have wrestled with whether to require employees get the shot, like many do with the annual flu vaccine. The first hospital system to require employees get vaccinated is Seven Hospital System Houston Methodist. I'm going to turn today's show over to GIST Healthcare co-founder Dr. Lisa Belamovich, who spoke with Dr. Mark Boom, CEO of Houston Methodist, last week. Here's part of their conversation. Hello, I'm Lisa Bilimovich, uh, president and co-founder of GIST Healthcare, and I had the pleasure of being a medical student taught by Dr. Boom uh, many years ago. Methodist was far and away the first health system in the country to mandate the COVID vaccine for employees. Could you walk us through the process that you and your leadership team uh, took to make that decision uh, to roll out a mandate? It's very important to understand context when you talk about a big decision like that. And, you know, that context starts with our culture and our culture is very focused on patients at the center of everything we do. And going back to 2009, we mandated the flu vaccine and, uh, you know, it's an expectation and we've done many other things. And so last summer, uh, you know, when, you know, things were really bad in Houston, um, one of the things I wrote to our employees about was because there was so much uh, dissension really around the country. And certainly we were dealing with this in late June, but while things were exploding out of control around masks. And the first of those was that science in real time is very, very messy, right? What you and I as physicians know um, is that whatever we study, it's always changing. It's always evolving, developing a drug, developing a vaccine, whatever that is, is not a, a straight linear process. And science around masks was sort of the same. And, but, but the corollary of that was, it's the only way out of this pandemic and science is the answer, right? So we were already laying that groundwork. And over the next few months, um, we would continue to update everybody about the vaccine research and probably around August or September started telling people that just like with the flu, when we determine this is safe and effective, 
we will plan to mandate this. So this was no surprise culturally. It was no surprise really any step of the way. Then as the vaccines came out, we recognized there was, you know, a cadre of people, a very large cadre of people who you know, couldn't get it fast enough. But we also knew there were going to be a bunch of people sort of on the fence. And so on December 31st, so this is, you know, 16 days after we started vaccinating, we decided to announce a, what we called a hope bonus. Um, the reason we called it that was because we knew we were in for a really lousy winter. And um, that was a $500 bonus for every employee. And so I have no doubt that helped us a great deal in kind of moving the needle through a group of employees that were a little hesitant, but uh, with that incentive uh, got vaccinated. So when did you decide that the time was right to enact the mandate? We really looked at a couple things. Um, you know, first and foremost, the vaccine safe and effective. Secondly, it was widely available. Uh, and that really, frankly, we weren't going to cross the rest of the threshold without um, starting to make it mandatory. And, you know, we had a group of employees who were saying to us, I'm going to do it, but, you know, I'll do it at the point where you decide that you'll, you will mandate it. Um, and then we had a group of employees who were probably not probably, but we're very upset about being mandated. Um, but we announced the first phase of that at the end of March. And today we are, you know, getting close. June 7th is the cutoff date and we're well over 98.5% um, uh, uh, who are compliant with our policy. No question we are the most vaccinated uh, hospital system anywhere uh, in the United States right now. So 98 plus percent. Wow. You know, when you look at vaccine mandates across industries as well as within healthcare. I mean, that would be banner for any immunization that we're trying to get our population uh, to embrace. Any specifics about the policy or how you engaged with employees that you think got you to these amazingly high levels versus, you know, being stuck at, at 80 to 90%, which is where a lot of these initiatives tend to stall out? this is not a surprise and it's not inconsistent with our culture. If we didn't have that groundwork, it would have been that much harder. Um, the fact that we've messaged it, the fact that we've been so purposeful, so intentional, you know, we looked with our clinical and scientific teams first, then we looked with our ethical teams, we looked with our legal teams, and we looked with our operational teams to say, can we get this done and how do we do it? Uh, all of that detail. And then we have messaged uh, very, very consistently. So by the time we pulled the trigger on the mandate, we were at 85% already. Um, I, I mean, I just read an article yesterday talking about, uh, you know, two, two systems last week who were delighted have followed uh, suit. Um, you know, you see our, uh, first uh, pen, uh, RWJ Barnabas Health also um, both announced last week, and we're going to see the floodgates open up in terms of systems uh, mandating. And one of the articles was talking about that, and it was interviewing then some people who uh, have chosen not to do this yet. And, you know, you talk to those systems, one quoted 66% of their population was at least partially vaccinated. So it wasn't even fully vaccinated. And the other was at 55%. When I talked to colleagues around the state of Texas, which is, you know, not the most running towards the vaccine state out there, it's, it's not the bottom of the heap, but it's probably in the bottom third in terms of rates of vaccination right now. Uh, most of them are in the 60s, uh, maybe in the 70s um, right now. And so we had already surpassed that. You know, when we talk to health systems around the country, we're finding that a lot are stalling out at that same level that you mentioned, you know, 60 or 70 percent of staff vaccinated. Um, and I know you've talked to a lot of your peers leading health systems. Um, what do you think is holding them back from moving in the direction 
that Methodist did and what advice would you give a fellow CEO who's uh, struggling with this decision? We are in healthcare as a sacred calling and privilege to care for sick people. And those sick people are vulnerable. And, you know, I will speak for myself as a physician. If ever I learned that I had somehow unintentionally given somebody an illness that had irreversible harm to them, such as death, such as COVID, I mean, that would be the most horrifying moment of my career. And we're all in this to protect our patients. Um, And so, you know, we put that first. And once we saw that literally a hundred some million people had safely received vaccine, you know, almost the real world experience of an annual flu shot. Now we're actually past where flu shots are. While we have all put lots of safety protocols in place, um, you know, nobody can tell me that uh, PPE and hand washing and everything are hundred percent effective. We know they're not. And we send a strong cultural message to all of the people who work within the system as well, which is our patients come first. I don't think there's any decision but but making this. Now, you know, what do I hear from people? I mean, some of it's logistical. If you're sitting at 55%, you can't go through a mandate. I mean, you just can't because you're going to lose too many people and you're just not going to get there. And you do have to operate an institution and you have to have safe health care for the people who, who need to come to your institution. So we watched that very carefully and used a lot of tools to get ourselves to a point where it was the final mile, not, you know, most of the mile or most of the, the road that we needed to do. The other thing I hear consistently is, well, we'll wait for FDA approval. And I understand that. And I've heard two flavors of that. One is just, hey, we want to wait till FDA approval early on. And I got to be honest, we probably came close to saying this and then chose not to, which was the right decision. We said is we think it's safe. It's going to be mandated. We're in the middle of a pandemic and we have massive real world experience of uh, almost miraculous vaccines. I mean, they work way better than most vaccines we use, certainly better than the flu vaccine. And the safety, particularly on the mRNA vaccines, has been astonishing when you see the uh, numbers given. So I would urge everybody to be moving in this direction, put patients first. Um, And uh, I will tell you that the feedback I get from patients in our community is enormously positive. Yeah, when you talk about just how effective and safe these vaccines are compared to the ones that we've received, you know, over the course of our lives, it really is like we are living a medical miracle right now. Interested to hear more about what you've heard in feedback from the Houston community. You weren't only first in the nation. You know, if I am a resident or a patient in Houston, what matters is that you are first in my market. Do you think it is helping you differentiate uh, Methodist in your relationship to the community and your patients? We did this for patient safety reasons. We did this because it was culturally who we are and um, would make that decision a million times over, even if it had negative uh, ramifications. And, you know, and, and we're fully prepared that we were going to have some blowback on this, which we have. By and large, the, the message I've heard from patients is a, is a resounding thank you. Um, you know, the, the notes I get, the emails I get, the, the comments on our patient uh, you know, engagement and patient satisfaction surveys, you know, are all very, very positive. Um, the negative notes I get from outside of the institution, you know, typically are somebody in kind of the anti-vaccination realm, um, you know, and most of them don't live in Houston. You know, I, I will tell you the last, and I, I'm not tying this, let me be real clear, but as we've been emerging from COVID, our volumes on non-COVID are very prodigious, not quite normal levels yet, but you do that, you do COVID, and we're 
busting at the seams. I mean, I, I'm so appreciative to our uh, staff and our employees and our physicians because they're working really hard again. I mean, as they've done throughout this pandemic because of some of that pent up demand. But I have no doubt that uh, with all the work we've done, the people of this institution have distinguished themselves and the institution, um, you know, through this time with COVID of, of all the great work that they've done together as a team. You know, I do think it would be helpful if there is more specifics you could share about any blowback or reactions, you know, that you've received where, you know, where you've had to counter it with action or information, you know, as other systems think about, you know, how to uh, move toward a mandate in their communities, what should they be anticipating and preparing for? Inside, there were some people who are, you know, very emotional about this, right? And, and, uh, uh, we understand there's very valid reasons to be hesitant. Um, and so, you know, we've worked hard to educate and to communicate and to, you know, uh, allay fears and address misinformation. And sadly, there's, you know, reams of misinformation. I mean, one of the, one of the very sad ones that happened was all the garbage about fertility on the internet. I mean, you know, this was all just made up junk um, that, you know, basically was dusted off from other anti-vaccine attacks, but it, grabbed hold. And, you know, I think you have to be prepared. There's going to be some noise. We had some noise when we did the flu 12 years ago, but nothing like now. And part of that, I think, is societal. I mean, we are a much more divided society now than we were 12 years ago, or we were part of that is, you know, continued sort of anti-vaccination rhetoric that has happened. So that builds on that. And part of it is just all the strife and stress and, you know, where we all are psychologically around COVID, which is a scary time. And, you know, this is new. These vaccines are new. They feel really new. There's a lot of uh, very understandable dynamics there. When we uh, announced this around our uh, managers, which we did first, and at that point, we had 100% of executives 96% of managers. And we said, okay, two weeks, get your first shot. And, and, you know, and then you'll have to get your second, but we have two weeks, get your first shot. Um, we have 1250 ish management. So two decided to leave the institution. One left um, uh, and one left very loudly, um, you know, and, and uh, very surprisingly, quite honestly. And similarly, when we then announced with the staff, we had one or two really noisy people who've decided to go out there and, you know, basically use every means to them to, to make a lot of noise. Um, disappointing. And, you know, ultimately for the press, it's a pretty sexy story, um, which typically misses the point, you know, of what the other 98 and a half percent of people have done. And really much more than that, because most people um, are not going to act in those ways. And, and that's unfortunate, but it's part of the process. Um, leaders are asked to make tough decisions, right? And sometimes, you know, the toughest decisions are oftentimes those ones that really reinforce your culture and where you draw a line. You know, I look now almost 60 days after our mandate and what would I do differently? And I don't know that we would do anything differently. It was the right time. Um, we led medicine. Our tagline is leading medicine. We've paved the way for other institutions. Someone needed to go first. Someone needed to show the way. And we sit here today with at least 60 to 90 days ahead of any other health system in the country in terms of the safety for our patients around COVID because we had this tool available to us that we have fully utilized. The ability to loosen mask mandates has been one of the big motivators for the general public to get vaccinated. Now that you've got such high rates of immunization in the Methodist system, do you anticipate being able to loosen mask and other PPE requirements for your staff? We're in active discussion about that. There's no question we're going to be 
able to return to some normalcy uh, at a different pace than some other institutions. But, um, you know, right now in a clinical environment, uh, there's no question we still need to put every layer of protection in. So I kind of I kind of talk about PPE and hand washing and distancing and all the physical protocols we have. Um, I, I liken that to wearing a seatbelt. You know, it works really, really well almost all of the time. And then I consider the vaccine policy to be the airbags that are on top of that. Until we see COVID really pull back, I don't think in a clinical setting, we're gonna be seeing a pullback on, on, on those protections for our patients um, uh, and for, for our, our personnel who are there. The vaccines are miracles, but they're not 100% effective. Um, and those are very uh, you know, vulnerable patients in very vulnerable settings. But I think when you start talking non-clinical, when you talk about, you know, eventually use of the gyms, when you talk about meetings together, when you talk about break rooms, you know, there's been lots of changes that we're going to be able to advance more quickly and safely than, uh, you know, a group that's not, not vaccinated. That was Dr. Mark Boom, CEO of Houston Methodist, and GIST Healthcare co-founder Dr. Lisa Belomovich. Tomorrow, we continue our discussion around COVID vaccine mandates with Dr. Brian Kibbe. He's a clinical ethicist at Marietta, Georgia-based Wellstar Health. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.